as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. Exclusive. I have with me here, formerly of Reels of Justice podcast, Ryan Luis Rodriguez. Hello. <laughs> oh, we're, and we're we're doing that voice, right? We're all doing that. that... Hello. Yeah, we we do various this is voices. Today, hello. 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 Oh, so basically, uh, a bunch of us were just all suggesting, hey, why don't we do an episode on SpongeBob? And ironically, some of the ones who were talking about it just didn't even show up. But I, to be fair, you know, a lot we have all plenty of ideas and it's just it's all about, you know, making time for it. And, you know, sometimes yeah. the weeks we record is like, oh, well, shit. Uh, well, it's not the best week or I don't know when there's going to be a good week. And so I just said, you know, what? I, I just we, we, we got to find a time to talk about because I'm going to just stick stay true to my schedule for a point for once. Yeah. With reels <laughs> of justice, we are at the mercy of our guests, so we all we we all agree that Tuesday is when we record and we have a specific time. But then, you know, Monday somebody's like, oh, I need to do the weekend, and it's like, well, we don't typically do that, but we'll do that for you, which is for everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah, we I'm know sure. that if. If we have to make a podcast on Tuesday, we can come up with something. It's the right. Four of us. We can do it. But if we need a little more time, we got to do something because content is everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we did a few episodes that we literally put together like the night before. And <laughs> somehow they actually worked. I have no idea how that's possible. I, I don't think I could do it on my own. But with the three of them, I could do it. Man. <laughs> so... Well, hopefully you're getting some sleep. <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't getting any sleep beforehand, so it's nothing new. Oh, but, uh... oh so how did you uh, come into this show? How did you come across it and say, you know, uh, I can I can handle this. This is something else. This is some kind of show. <laughs> uh, well, I was uh, my family got cable in 1994 when I was eight. And I was obsessed with Nickelodeon. It was kind of like everything that I needed in television. So you have, you you go back to it. It's, I think it starts with Doug 
which is my favorite still. And then <laughs> uh, Rugrats, uh, Ren and Stimpy Show, uh, Hey Arnold, and uh, that's kind of like the original crew. Oh, and Rocco's Modern Life. That's basically the five. There you go. It's by the same creator. So they, they had a big thing going here. I always associated Tim Hill, and I was dead off. It was actually Hillenberg who created it. Right. Tim was just doing some of the directing for some of the movies, and I, I knew him from Muppets from Space and those. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, he directed Muppets from Space. That's right. <laughs> he even has a special feature where you can make it look, the Muppets look like uh, MST Free K style or uh, <laughs> nice. talking during the movie. <laughs> uh, this has just always been a thing. It's just I was late to it. I think around 0304, I just started watching it religiously, you know, during my junior high, high school years. And so it was just like, okay, you know, it is what it is. It's a fun show. This whole, you know, sponge that lives under the sea. And at the same time, it's just funny how it's just lived on in so many forms. I can't remember the last time I watched it. It was probably 2008, maybe. I watched it, it uh, streaming because it's on Prime right now. <laughs> I only watched the first three seasons because those are the only seasons that I like. Gotcha. But, but, uh, so I, re I really don't know like what the show is like past that point. I know that it's no longer uh, uh, cell animated. It's uh, digitally colored in, which I don't really like. And then uh, Tom Kenny, who does SpongeBob's voice and a lot of the other, uh, I guess, ancillary characters... <laughs> it's a different pitch because he didn't do the role for like two years because it was the show was dead while they were making the movie. And then they decided to renew it, which is the first time that they ever did that. Nickelodeon's uh, their modus operandi was we're going to order 61 episodes. We're going to air them over the course of five years and then it's canceled and then we'll air it for the next 20 years. Damn. And SpongeBob was the first time that they actually changed that. Because it was so damn popular. Uh, that is something. So, would you say, I mean, I was having to do so much research just prepping for this episode. I was like, I, I always thought it was just, they were showing reruns and just on occasion, like, once in a while, like, have episodes that were in the vault that hadn't been aired yet. And I, I was dead off. I, and I had no idea the creators had departed. But I hadn't heard yeah. from him in a while. I didn't even know he had passed away two years ago. But there you go. Very so, sad. uh. Uh, more or less, would you say this is kind of for everyone or because I noticed it seemed like for a while there was a lot of kids and this was around the time where it was popular to do homophobia and just say, oh, you know, you, you describe something as gay to describe how you think it's dumb. So I was seeing a lot of that, and but I still saw a lot of kids and teens who were into it. But for, for a while, it seems like adults are more into it, like they're just talking about it. They're introducing their kids to it. I think, like, at least when it started, it was something that was hip enough that adults wanted to watch it with their kids. Uh, those adults were never my parents, but <laughs> I know plenty of people with kids that would watch it with their kids. But the cool thing about it was that it took on a lot of the stylistic stuff of Ren and Stimpy, which is definitely not for children. Mm -hmm. and carry that tradition so. <laughs> on but never made it too inappropriate that a parent would say well i can't leave my kid alone with it because i don't know what they're going to be subjected to you knew it would be safe enough 
<laughs> Shit. So it seems like uh, uh, it's funny with Ren and Stimpy because I never once thought it was for kids, really. I just It was one of those cartoons like this is making me very uncomfortable. And this was, you know, ed- an edited version of that. So I was just like, OK, uh, but yeah, um, it's this show has had plenty of controversies and they weren't even related to when whenever the show declined in quality according to you know whoever you ask and but like you say most people just kind of gave up after the first three or five seasons i i was never good at keeping track of seasons because you know how do you know you you just see it on the cable and if you had the digital guide the only way you knew is if you just went to the on-demand section still kind of is kind of a thing but yeah it's just i i i know we had like a few different dvds that were montages of different episodes and then of course it's on every other day so i it just kind of was just always a thing people would just always reference it and this is before the memes and all the other stuff i i saw what made the headlines for a while was how people were still in some of the mascot uh on the top of burger kings and everything and that apparently made it to the news column on the wikipedia page but i i do remember that being a thing i was like man someone how do you even get up on top of that damn burger King. <laughs> Wait, there were were there like statues on top of Burger Kings? Like no, what not, was not, the, not like a the statue. It, it was kind of more like a pinata or a balloon or something, and they were selling oh, okay. them and selling them on eBay. And oh, well, I mean, isn't that like your American right? We, uh, we all have to steal like a, a SpongeBob pinata at some point. Oh yeah, yeah that's how much. you. That's how you know you become a man. <laughs> I, I I pretty much allege it to basically, you know, the equivalent of taking Pokemon cards and all the <laughs> taking video games that don't belong to you. It's bullshit, but it, it is what it is. It, it's it, I just thought it was amusing that they went that far as like getting on top of the place. I, I think some of it had to have been an inside job. Someone was like, well, I'm taking it down and uh, well, I don't think we have to return it. So I'm going to sell it on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's called it's, thinking ahead. Oh, yeah. That's a career criminal right there. <laughs> That's someone who hates their boss. <laughs> oh, I'm fired? Oh, I'm taking something with me. My kid's birthday is in a few months. <laughs> Was that screw me? Oh, okay. Screw you, sir. <laughs> no, sir. Screw you. Yeah. Uh, basically, there's been a lot of different people complaining about different ads and everything. I'm not going to get too much in the controversy, but I think it's kind of silly. I mean, it's a cartoon. I mean, it's not like SpongeBob was in blackface or something. Uh, well, there was that one episode. Oh, uh, well, didn't, didn't he get covered in mud in one episode? Does that really count? <laughs> no, I was just kidding, but uh, I didn't realize that was a thing. <laughs> I thought you were uh, in Oh, so it's not uh, 30 Rock, okay? We're not going to keep doing this thing. Come on, SpongeBob was never in blackface. It's never, it's okay. It's fine. Uh, Kids are okay. Episodes, man. People. Uh, so even if you were making fun of something that was politically incorrect, you're still a bastard and you got to remove it. So here it is. Apparently, yeah. Netflix and a bunch of other places have been developing spinoff shows. I have not been keeping up with that. Uh, so it's just so wild how first five seasons are streamable and the rest, they don't really know what to do with. They just keep them in the vault. Um, I, are you sure? Because I think that 
they're on CBS All Access. Oh, okay. Not Prime. It seems like. Okay, so it is all available. Okay, my bad. So, yeah, uh, and Prime just has the first five, first eight are through Nick Hits. So there you go. They're doing it for the other channels that you can subscribe through Prime also. So there you go. Yep. You're gonna be broke just going through all this thing. So, <laughs> um, basically, uh, I guess I just always dug just kind of the whole break the fourth wall mentality and just the live action segments. Uh, every once in a while, on just rare occasions, I just We'll see an episode. I don't know what's from what year. Uh, what's the year, the episode where you basically see all the voice actors? <laughs> you even see Clancy Brown. Uh, <laughs> hmm. They're in the in the live action part. Yeah, yeah. You see them in a voice booth. I think it has to be a way more recent episode. <laughs> yeah, I guess probably maybe like eight or nine. Probably. So there you go. Um, so. If you had to introduce friends and family to this, how do you think you'd go about it? <laughs> uh, well, I would have to appeal to uh, the inner Nicktoon lover in everyone. Because I think that there's something about the best Nicktoons that is kind of universal. Like, like Doug is, I mean, it's a cartoon, yes, but it's ultimately about how painful middle school high school all of adolescence is but they're like it's funny and colorful and all that stuff so it's looked at as a cartoon but really it's kind of a relatively serious look at kind of the hells of growing up and i think that's spongebob has like a lot of political commentary in it not terribly overt but there's a lot of satirical elements there's a lot of uh purely animated kind of uh experiences but ultimately it's good for little kids yeah the the most i got from it aside from the whole i hate my boss mentality you know clearly you're working at a you know restaurant which serves junk you know junky burgers but uh, there was also i mean clearly there's plenty of other times where they would have something lodged in their head and they're basically having a drug experience from whatever seashell (laughs) got stuck in there um I'm sure that there has to be some political stuff and it just went over my head because I was just already just, <laughs> I was too, you know, 2004 and then on. I'm just sick to death of just, <laughs> you know, just all this well, alienation. The writers are too smart to not do something political. I don't think that it's something that is like incendiary or offensive, but it's not just people sitting in a room going, okay, so what does a sponge do today? Oh, well, he talks to a starfish. Okay, whatever, let's just do that. It's never just that. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, like, Sandy the Squirrel is basically a representation of, you know, save the environment. She's definitely an activist for that kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Plankton is basically representing every corporate, you know, asshole on the block who's got more money than brains. <laughs> and, well, I mean, like, Mr. Krabs, for instance, is the ultimate capitalist. Oh, like, if you totally. want to say anything you want about capitalism, you never have to say the word capitalism. You just show Mr. Krabs liking money and that overriding his sense in every single situation, and boom, you have a political commentary. It, pretty much. And so it's it just kind of just social in a way without just, just like, you, you'd have to be a moron to just not put the sense together. Is like, 
that's what that represents and it's not just oh see what reference i did he's like i i don't keep up with that person i don't get it and it's not even that it's just more just like (laughs) just kind of elbow in your ribs and that's about it that's about as as much as you can be hurt by spongebob is just somebody poking you and going huh huh that joke Mm. huh Huh? that's it that's (laughs) as hard as it gets totally (laughs) Uh, you know, I definitely associated Tom Kenny the most with this. I was familiar with all his movie, other cartoon and uh, video game voiceovers, and we're definitely going to do an episode on him at some point when we cover actors. I mean, but it's... I loved him from uh, Mr. Show. I was obsessed with Mr. Show. I uh, see. Now I got to go back to that. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, I know a few other people. There's like they're knew him from mad tv and it's like damn now i gotta go back to mad tv <laughs> i just thought i saw every episode <laughs> so he definitely was a sketch show performer he definitely had i think he just had the right kind of charisma and it just i would i think back in 2012 i just saw a youtube interview with him as well as a vimeo interview coincidentally enough just how uh he just voiced all kinds of cartoons he, he loved just and I think in many ways, maybe just his fans just recognizing him from other cartoons definitely eventually checked out SpongeBob because he was just on any cartoon, whether it was for kids or adult. And since SpongeBob is just appealing to both factors, uh, that's kind of why I think he had a bigger career. Yeah, it, 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 I believe it was the first time that he actually headlined a show. Because totally. he's in uh, Rocco's Modern Life, he's Heifer. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Heifer's in... In every single episode, but he's not. I mean, it's not called Heifer's Modern Life. But I think SpongeBob <laughs> was the first time that he actually had to carry the entire show, and they realized just how versatile he was. And it's a key part of why the show was successful for that time and still is. Uh, I would have to think. And didn't Nickelodeon kind of just rub people wrong, the wrong way because they had like some conservative, homophobic parents asked to not have Rocco be on? a time slot where their kids would see it or some shit. Uh, I don't know. What's, what, what's, co- what's the controversy with Rocco? What? No, no, no. It, it wasn't a controversy. It was just some homophobes. Just same thing with SpongeBob, just kind of talking shit about it. And so they oh. rescheduled it. <laughs> I didn't know that. No, I, I could be hearing it wrong. Uh, but uh, I, I just always recall just someone didn't want their kid watching that just because they were homophobes. So I was just like, good God. <laughs> You're going to have to encounter this eventually, so you might as well encounter it in a cartoon. <laughs> if I ever have kids, I'm going to make them watch the gayest stuff possible. Just <laughs> all the time. Just get them really... Totally. Let them know early on, hey, we're all people, so here's uh, some gay stuff to watch. It's going to be great. I'm going to be a great parent. I mean, if you can handle fucking Ernie and Bird on Sesame Street, you can handle that. I mean, good yeah. God. I mean, it's just amazing. And it's the same thing as, you know, you can't teach sex ed. They're going to get something. They they always have this mentality that the opposite will happen. It's like if you teach, it's like I never saw you, you know, lift a finger if someone was teaching you about what happens if you steal something. Oh, and by that logic, oh, if I I learned that I, what happens if I steal something, I'm going to start stealing. It's like, no, you won't. You do something if you think you can get away with it. And same thing with content. If you think you shouldn't be watching it, you're going to try one way or another to try and see it. And this show is just also just very laid back. 
I mean, uh, I don't, I won't, I don't know about the tone so much, but basically, they're, they're always putting on one hell of a show, and I mean, sometimes bursting into musical segment. I researching it again. I think I definitely the last real one I saw that was new, new was definitely the Johnny Depp episode that was like a special and like back on '09, and that was back when I thought I could have sworn it was just reruns, and so that's just it. It was just always surprising me. But I was just getting out of touch of it because I was just burned down on newer Cartoon Network material, and mm. <laughs> everyone it was always a surfer, asked. right? Is I think so. The right thing. I believe so, and it it was definitely one of those. It was heavily advertised because you know everyone knows who Johnny Depp is, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of like when it went from being uh, this is popular with kids to this is an event. Every single episode. We're going to we're going to push them out. There's going to be like three weeks in between episodes. And when one comes, it's going to be if you don't see this, you're a loser. And we need uh, to just exactly. push this into your face. Exactly. And luckily, I was way out by that point. Uh, I was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm totally there with you. That's pretty much how it was. It's just like I was uh, I at the end of the day, even back then, I I would always go back to just older movies and just the fact that it was hard to acquire, you know, at every other rental store just was a bigger, even bigger appeal. And it's like, what's this movie my folks keep talking to me about? Is it going to, you know, is it going to live up to the hype? And I, at the end of the day, you know, I, I I was okay with film like an outcast. I would make a reference. No one got the reference. It's like, you know, whatever (laughs) you're telling me to check out this new thing. And it's really not all that it's rip off of these older movies or, it's just bad. <laughs> but you For think me, it's cool. the eureka moment was my family getting a DVR. And I realized I don't have to watch all this shit over and over and over again. I can literally make appointment times exactly. and decide, oh, uh, I don't want to see this episode for the eighth time. I could just watch <laughs> something that I've never seen and it's been waiting for me for a week. Exactly. We'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, cure what ails you. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin cough, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. 
tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games, mm-hmm. music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one. Music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just. Oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, people. Yeah. Yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers, yes, the Google Play, yes, Apple Podcasts, what else? Podbean, what else? Podcast Addict, goddamn, all that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere, worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah, we gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want us here to say. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> f- you. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't, don't run the listeners away, Peach. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GOHpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. If you take two old punk rockers who are past their prime, put them in front of a movie screen and give them a podcast, what do you get? Cinema punks. Cinepunks. It's the mixtape of movies. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Oh, necrophilia. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17 year olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? 
because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. It's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one-last plot holes, a gratuitous boobies. It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy. We now continue with our program. And marathoning and binging before it's a thing. Everyone, it puzzles me to no end how everyone actually like binge watching started with netflix it's like no it didn't there was plenty of other marathons and i've even... been doing it since the simpsons was on dvd <laughs> as long as that has been going on i have been binging the shit out of the did simpsons you, did you do it with west wing as well uh <laughs> yeah actually i did because uh okay. when i started watching it was on season seven so i needed to catch up quick and i think i watched uh, the five available seasons at that point in maybe three months, maybe oh, like, four months. It, it, it had to be a fun trip. and Oh, God, yes, it was the greatest. And, and unfortunately, in my area, just renting out a TV show was just more trouble than it was worth. They they never had anyone returning the tapes on time or, or DVD for that matter. And so you're not going to be able to make sense of everything, especially if you want to watch it from the beginning, you know, a pilot episode makes a big difference. <laughs> Literally yeah, that might the be library. Uh, yeah. The libraries are, you were definitely better off just checking them out there because I would just go to every other blockbuster or Hollywood video and they just would not have it. And it's just like, ah, you guys suck. <laughs> I learned early on that the library was my friend, not because of books, books are lame, but because they have great <laughs> DVD sets. And that is why I support my local library. Not because of books. Because of DVD sets. Uh, I, I, I'm with you there. I gave up reading about 20 years ago. I just uh, The only thing I can handle now is probably just a, a satire book or just a history book. Just uh, To actually sit down and read just a original work. Like, uh, I kid you not, I go to Tom Thumb all the time. Well, back before Corona, I did. And I would just, every once in a while, in a, once in a blue moon, just go to the book section skim read for a few different ones and it's like nope quality has not changed <laughs> it's still anyone can be a new york times bestseller and i think spongebob in terms of being a bestseller nickelodeon was pimping the shit out of it and at the same time it wasn't it was crowding some uh, much like uh, nickelodeon i always had issues just kind of with the schedule just like with sci-fi channel and disney it just was never a consistent schedule some you know uh, they used to be there would be a movie on the weekends or something, you know, because that's when kids are out of school. But then they would change it up every once in a while. It's like Monday night. We're going to do a special movie night. And Nickelodeon would do a little bit of that, just a bunch of specials and the new shows. And since I had bootleg cable, it just would always just kind of change like from Nick to Team Nick and then Nick at night. <laughs> it was just always the one it's channel. It's the nature of ordering as few episodes as you possibly can and trying to stretch them out over a 
period that is not long enough to have to pay people for syndication rights, but also long enough to really extend your investment. And that just means like if you have 30 episodes for a three year period, you got to kind of stretch all you possibly can. <laughs> they definitely went to town with that. And it was just kind of a shame. You would like to think that, okay, maybe you can do a little something extra. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, instead of just replaying it nonstop, why don't you replay it throughout the week and then have a new episode next, you know, this coming Friday. And it's just, which I, I think is what cartoon network does. They kind of stagger their releases so that you have like literally uh, at eight o'clock on Monday through Thursday, you get one episode a day and they kind of take an entire season and put it out in like four weeks. And then that's their thing. But they have a lot more content than Nickelodeon ever did. They definitely had a bigger vault. and But it helped that all three of those, them and Disney, were all, ha before I even knew what that word was, doing bumpers and other little promos, just little, or sometimes even just exclusive shorts. It's like, oh, here you go. You're still watching TV. Here you go. And, you know, I would, like most parents, you know, Got to turn the telly off by noon and actually just run around in the yard and then come back. <laughs> and this time we got to pick something that everyone can watch because we're not going to be watching cartoons with you. <laughs> so it was just kind of that matter of just you got to find a perfect balance in the daytime. And I don't know how they figured out the marathons because most people like us, you know, unless you were just one of those, you're absolutely always alone by yourself. You know, your folks are at work or one of that, you know. Yeah. I didn't have that option. So, and I just could never do a marathon because there just were so many commercials. And even back then for me, I just could not stand seeing the same thing again and again. Eventually, even I, without even my having a complete taste and quality figured out, I, even I just was crying uncle. I'm like, good God, how many times do I have to see the same thing? <laughs> See, I'm I'm slightly different in that I would schedule my life around marathons, like the uh, the Thanksgiving marathon where they would literally do uh, like seven hours of a certain show, just straight all the way through. I would uh, I I literally I went I went camping every year on Thanksgiving, and the whole <laughs> point of camping is that you're supposed to be out in the wilderness and you're with friends and stuff. And I would go to the uh, the rec room that was in the uh, the camping lot, and I would just sit there by the television and be like, uh-huh, that's nice. You're my friend. Okay, whatever. But they have seven hours of Doug right now, so uh, I'm just going to be here, and I'm going to eat my Thanksgiving food, and you're going to be outside. You have fun, because I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Damn. So basically... You're you're saying I'm compromising, but really I'm here for one thing, and that's to watch yeah. awesome like, shit. I'll go with you, sure. I'll say I'm camping, but come on. We know that I want to watch seven hours of Invader Zim. That is just what I do. Nice. I'm surprised that they never crossed that over with this. <laughs> I mean they could have. I mean... Well, like Zim invading Bikini Bottom? Oh, that'd be great. Oh, I would love that. 
Totally. That might be a little too scary for kids, but I think I would enjoy that. It was that. definitely too scary for me, but I liked it nonetheless. Like, it was just one of those I would see it every now and then. And that was when Cartoon Network was doing just so many things that just made me zone out and say, I don't know what I just watched, but it's not entertaining. <laughs> and, I mean, you had the whole cartoon squad, you know, where they just would have the various characters from all the various shows all in the same room. And they did a bit of that with Nick, but not as much as what they could have done, I think. But I think it helped that they had so many other just clear influence, like, you know, uh, Mermaid Man, Barnacle Boy, Total Batman and Robin parody. And that was just brilliant having Ernest Borgnine and Tim Conway. I got that without even realizing it. It was just one of those, it's like, I kind of see what they're doing. (laughs) Doing a superhero. And, uh, it's just interesting how they also did a lot of live action segments and much like Looney Tunes is like, I like that whole, just, you know, talking to the viewer. <laughs> Having Which, a little... uh, they started doing a lot more of the live action. It was always Tom Kenny as the pirate. I don't remember what the pirate's name was. Yeah. He, he would always... introduce episodes. And what the reason that they did that was because they didn't have enough content for a half hour. They only had the 11 minute short, and they like extended it a little bit. And so they needed to fill the time so that they could actually get all the commercial breaks that they wanted to get in there. And so they basically, they made a little set that was kind of like a house and put a bunch of crappy props around and basically told Tom Kenny, just, just riff, just do do whatever you want. Just look at that (laughs) thing in the room. Just talk about that for two minutes. Just whatever. It doesn't matter. And those episodes would go on for like 40 minutes. It was insane. That's great. Uh, that that's that's inspiring because I always thought it did kind of have an improv segment, but I would never have guessed in a million years that it actually was improvised. That, but it did kind of have an, an Adult Swim kind of feel to it too, which was also odd because I'm like, hey, I'm watching this. There, and it's okay to be watching cartoons for kids. <laughs> His name I'm, should have been Time Stretchy the Pirate. Time Stretchy the Pirate. That, that... We're gonna stretch some time today, kids. Watch. <laughs> Stretch. Good. Now time for a commercial break. There you go. Just like a, just like the sponge itself. Uh, and didn't Hillenberg, the creator, wasn't he the one doing the pirate you see in the theme? Sorry. Uh, I could have hmm. sworn I read that somewhere. You know, you might be right. I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but but it just was always great. That was kind of the invite in that you already know, you know, it's like, that's a painting. And now the painting's singing a song. It's like, okay, so now I already am ready to go on this journey because I know it's not like any other kind of cartoon. It's that it's, zany. It's a total Ren and Stimpy thing. Everything <laughs> like that is completely stolen from Ren and Stimpy, but with absolute love. That's true, too. I mean, it, it was definitely derivative of all these other things and yet kind of a perfect mashup. Uh, they they sponged it off real well, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing the movie in the theaters, and I think that was when everyone was jumping ship, and I just never really kept up with it after that. I know we bought the soundtrack off iTunes because it just had so many people. Motorhead, for fuck's sake, is on there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they always had really interesting musical guests on the show. Yeah. And even, like, celebrity guests. Like, they had Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, which totally makes sense if you think about it. I mean, there there you go. So these guys are definitely art house people and they're just getting inspired. And I definitely never saw that episode. But yeah, there's a factor to it. 
I mean, there had to be because I mean, they're they're basically uh, more. Oh wait, Frank Welker played the gorilla, so that totally makes sense because I think they reused that gorilla noise each time you saw a live action ape, you know, attacking everybody. <laughs> they just use that same voice. Oh, so I mean, uh, I remember. We went to the see the cartoon movie. I didn't find it as funny as it could have been, but I didn't hate hate it. It was just one of those like this is a weird experiment. <laughs> but uh, I liked it until the end. Oh, there you go. Uh, I was I, not a fan of how they treated Plankton. I thought it was really mean because he was my favorite character. And they <laughs> always, I mean, even on the show, in the movie, like. Step on him, and he's like graphically. And it was one of the most upsetting things I think I've ever seen because I identify so much with that character. And to see him kind of like, like, oh, it's funny that we're hurting him. It's kind of like, no, that's that's actually not funny. Like, that's kids shouldn't see that. Kids should be taught about how we should look at each other and and try to see what's good about us and not what's bad about us. And ugh, I hate that ending. Uh, I get. Uh, I, I can't blame you. I, I I definitely recall it being kind of formulaic, just very, just you. You don't even need to see it. It's just so typical of every other less uh, well-written animated movie, and uh, I, it was definitely one of those where it's just. I really only remember just Alec Baldwin being the main bad guy. He was like a motorcycle villain, and so that was kind of funny. It's like because he's you know. Why do, you, why do you want to see a motorcycle villain in a kid's movie? <laughs> this is kind of... Uh, one as Neptune's uh, daughter. Yeah, see, there. so there you go. There, there was some other stuff that was just kind of all over the place, but it felt like a, a, a an acid trip, so I think that's why it appealed to the adults and the kids were just like, eh, eh. but uh, I, I, I didn't even bother. It used to be every other animated movie, if we saw it in the theater, we had to rent it, and I, I didn't even rent it, so that was saying something. I think by that point, uh, some of its appeal was wearing off, and yet I would always just every once in a while just see someone and be like, ah, I see what you did there. It, it just, I think I left it uh, at the right time. I was just, because <laughs> I, I don't know how anyone kept up, even then, even in the beginning stages of Wikipedia and all that, how you kept up with the show, because... And sometimes they would even play way, way later in the evening before Nick at night. And I was just like, okay, I thought kids have already left for the night. They're already eating dinner and doing something else like video games. So They still do that now. Like I was, yeah. I, I don't watch television, or at least I haven't for like the last maybe three or four years, simply because uh, it's too exhausting. But I had to watch like regular television like maybe two or three months ago. And... Nick at Night was just coming on, and so they had the beginning of an episode of Friends with the SpongeBob credits in the little corner. Like That's what picture I picture. And I'm like, what kid should be going from oh SpongeBob to Friends? That's there should be like a buffer, like maybe 30 minutes of like snow, and the kids can watch SpongeBob and then go, okay, there's literally nothing else on television. I guess I'll go to bed. And then you start friends. That probably makes sense to me because I think more adults just relate to it for whatever reason. I guess millennials or whatever. I guess they're figuring, okay, so that's a cartoon that both kids and adults are watching. So then, but I agree with what you're saying. It is just 
just a little bit of a buffer. Can you not have like ten? I don't know, five more, five extra minutes of ads, and yeah, <laughs> and then and then say, go. look at night begins now, and you know, because don't get me wrong, just about every kid I know was watching Friends or Seinfeld, but there was every once in a while some strict parent who's like, I don't want you watching that. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any issue with kids watching shows that are technically not appropriate for them. It's just, I don't know how you make that transition from something as light and fluffy as SpongeBob and something that is also light and fluffy, I guess, but in a different kind of way. Yeah. I, I, it's a weird kind of, but that's that's the identity that kind of Nickelodeon has. When, it, when it's 8 o'clock, we're now for adults. Well, hopefully they'll start paying extra attention to it because it. I thought, you know, for years, Spike TV was kind of becoming irrelevant again. They were just showing shit that everyone's already seen for the time on every other station. And the reality shows weren't exactly, you know, wiping the floor with anyone. And so now, lo and behold, they got the Paramount Network. So I hope Viacom has better management, hopefully, for at least in their TV department, because well, we'll see. Doesn't look it, good. Uh, yeah, I don't think it looks good right now. I, but I, I think Paramount, I mean, despite, uh, Paramount Network at least is definitely a big, big change. It's like I have not been happier for that because for a while it just seemed like Spike just, don't get me wrong, the cable networks are still struggling because they're now working outside of their identity and pretty much now it's a free-for-all. Uh, that, that hit blockbuster that's airing on TV it's already going to be on two other channels within the same week, maybe even the same month. <laughs> it's like just about anything from the Paramount, Warner Brothers, Fox, or even Lionsgate Vault is just on every other channel. And it's just like, that that's overkill. But I understand well, why they're the doing it. The killer is streaming. Like it's streaming, now, yeah. Like Viacom, they, they were separated between CBS and Paramount, and now they formed together again so now viacom is still in charge of cbs all access and now they're starting to put nickelodeon shows on there they're starting to put uh comedy central shows on there all their library stuff and they're going to rebrand it next year to something probably with the word paramount in it and i guess that will be the the kind of bellwether to see what survives at the cable level that's definitely a good idea because, I mean, they were being very careful before Yellowstone was eating up the what used to be Spike TV channel. Uh, uh -huh. I mean, they, they passed on so many other shows last minute. And it's like, really? I, I would have thought that would have killed. But you passed on it. I mean, it could have been on, at least on CBS with some little re-editing or sh at least showing it after 10 p.m. Uh, I, yeah, CBS, that, that definitely makes better sense because especially how, you know, Viacom and CBS ha had to sort out their ownership of Star Trek. I think they could definitely figure it out with TV. But like you say, I'm not going to have high faith in it because they already haven't figured out their movie franchises. They've tried to have a few different ones. And with heavy-handed tasks that they've assigned, they it just has never worked out. And by this point, it's just way too late to be even trying to do another Indiana Jones movie. So it's like... Uh, well, they don't have the rights to Indiana Jones anymore, but they have uh, Mission oh, Impossible. That's, that's their thing. Oh, that's that right. That is their baby right now. Oh, that's that that and makes Disney's better sense. Indiana Jones. So there you go. Disney's got to figure it out because Paramount is al was already getting annoyed by having to split, you know, the profits with Marvel and Disney over Iron Man. So there you go. And 
they tried to make other stuff like Hercules with the rock become a friend franchise and that didn't work out for obvious reasons so it's just like, can't imagine why that was a great movie hercules i said <laughs> ironically <laughs> oh god and i wanted to really like it so much not i remember even my sister and i were just we just were bored with it it's just like uh, i, I know, watched it for the coolness chronicles and it was one of the most painful things that i've done for that podcast i actually suffered for my listeners all 12 of them did you watching least, that horrible piece of shit. Did you, get, did you get to at least see the unrated cut or was it just all? I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that would have really changed much. And no, at, no. At the end of the day, Brett Ratner is Brett Ratner. And, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter if he's unleashed or not. It's going to be right. bad. Pretty much. Uh, and the thing is, I, I knew he was a dick. I didn't know that he was also, you know, a rapist and everything. It's like, shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alpha piece of shit. <laughs> oh God, I, I don't think I could even watch Rush Hour anymore because I mean, what? Why would? Why would you bother now? <laughs> yeah. It was the, it, everyone was watching it for Chris Tucker and uh, Jackie Chan, but even I knew back then that the plot was shit. Shit. So it's like, uh. <laughs> oh, so SpongeBob. I guess wherever you want to leave it, you can't lose or you can lose, but it's also going to base basically vary on your mood. All right. If you want something that's kind of like as uncanny as some of the best that Adult Swim dad had to offer, you can check it out without having to worry that the kids have, you know, heard something that might be more appropriate for Family Guy or South Park. And at the same time, like I say, there's definitely eras of it where it's like, yeah, it's getting a little rusty there. You're a pretty dried up sponger in that season. <laughs> I would say that as long as you stick with the first three seasons, you have an endless reservoir. And by endless, I mean uh, with an end. But it, it's you could literally just uh, just kind of like throw episodes up in an air and just point at any random one in those first three seasons and you'll be fine. It's totally. absolutely good. By all means. Um, so if you had to... Uh, everyone's able to identify various pop culture. And, uh, and it, like, you know, Scooby-Doo, you can always do Zoinks or Jinkies and, you know, Raggy. You know, everyone instantly knows what you're referencing. Same thing with Disney or Looney Tunes cartoons. You say at least one phrase or one imitation. Everyone's like, oh, I see what you did there. You know, yes. you're, imita you're imitating the Roadrunner. You're imitating... Uh, you know, even Tom and Jerry or any other cartoon you're imitating, you know, Pocahontas. I get it. And uh, with uh, uh, this, you know, pretty much I don't know why every once in a while there'd be a cat noise and my dad would make a cat noise just like Gary the Snail makes because Gary's supposed to be a cat. <laughs> it's like perfect. <laughs> I instantly know what you're referencing. Everyone got the joke and guffawed. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Uh well, what, where have you referenced it in your life? Have you like been at a burger shack and heard someone say Krabby Patties or some shit? Uh, well, there's uh, in I think it's season two. There's an episode where uh, SpongeBob is uh, driving a boat for Mrs. Puff, and I think he hits somebody, and <laughs> the the person that he hits says, "My leg!" And uh, yes. in every single episode after that, if there's any scene or there's a crowd of people, or there's any destruction of any kind, if you listen, there is a clip 
of that guy saying, my leg. Yes. And so sometimes if I was watching uh, different shows or even movies and there are crowd scenes, watching them with my friends, we don't have to say anything to each other. We just kind of looking at it. And if there's a crowd scene, one of us will say, my leg. <laughs> and Perfect. we don't have to say like, ah, SpongeBob. I get it. We, we know. We all, it's a shared thing. We've heard it so many times. Definitely, my brother and his friends would use it on a rare occasion, but because it was kind, of, but we were more likely kind of doing the one, the noise it was inspired by, uh, which was you know the Wilhelm. You know? Yeah, you know, it's just one of those. Is just like you say, is like it's easy to miss, but it's also very extremely easy to pick out. You just gotta once you know what you're looking for or looking to hear, you will always hear it. They yeah. never they never hide it. It's always when a prominent character is falling from something, you will hear the Wilhelm scream. Uh, I, I looked forward to it every episode. It, it just became one of those things. I mean, even Plankton, I think, even said it. <laughs> and even the, it's the same guy. So, I mean, so there, that you go. <laughs> there you go. Mr. Lawrence is doing that voice. Oh, and, and that's what it was all. I, I, I know he has a bigger name, but I just always loved how they abbreviated the name <laughs> Mr. Lawrence. I guess he doesn't like his first name, which is Doug. But that's okay. I like it for him. It's a very nice name, Doug. Right. Uh, and I think, in a way, it kind of made him kind of... I don't know if you'd say authoritarian is the right name uh, description, but it just kind of made you know he was the honored guest. Because, I mean, he's one of the writers, and he's doing extra distinguished. work. Distinguished. That's the word I would use. It's there you distinguished. go. Distinguished, diverse, very... <laughs> just the extra... Uh, he's more than just an extra tire in your trunk. He's the guy doing all the extra padding, all the extra <laughs> layering. Yes. And... He's not just the extra tire in your trunk. He's the jack. <laughs> oh, there you go. He's got the jack, all right. But oh, don't. <laughs> oh, so we're on the interwebs. Can we find you, Mr. Reels of Justice, formerly of the uh, So when is this airing? I'm hoping I can get this out by the beginning of the year. <laughs> okay. Gonna... So by that point, uh, every Tuesday, I do the Coolness Chronicles, which is uh, currently a kind of pop culture history deep dive into Mystery Science Theater 3000. By that point, uh, we will have uh, ended the series and we'll be doing stuff like the film crew, Cinematic Titanic, uh, Riff Tracks, a bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, all the books that everybody wrote. We have uh, interesting things waiting there. That's every Tuesday. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc. And my other podcast is called Reels of Justice, where we put movies literally on trial. We have a prosecutor, a defender, a judge, and a jury. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it's, great. it's great fun. We just had, uh, it will have been a long time by the time you hear this now, but just recently we recorded an episode with Frank Conniff and Trace Beaulieu that great. was amazing. It was the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my entire life because I had to guide them. Uh, yeah. But it was great. <laughs> you have That's... to guide them, and then you have to stop your hands from shaking. And then you have yes. To... <laughs> and uh, that airs uh, every Thursday. We do new episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Everywhere that you can find a podcast, you can find Reels of Justice. Reels of Justice. And no, it's not the final justice. <laughs> no, we, we might get to that sometime. I don't know. We'll think about it. If that's so, they better run. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, God. Thank you for being on here. Of course. Anytime. Anytime. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jack-